During this episode, we connect with Chuck Rinker, CEO of Personas, an industry leader pioneering digital personality technology to revolutionize healthcare engagement. Bringing expertise from the gaming and entertainment industries, Chuck is driven to apply AI for more humanistic care. While together, Chuck shares how Personas creates virtual assistants to guide patients, providing a vital, personalized touch at scale. Additionally, Chuck unpacks real-world implementations that ease patient journeys through empathy and diverse representation. We also discuss shifting mindsets as pioneering providers embrace future-focused care transformation. Join us as Chuck outlines a vision for 24-7 digital advocates that unite holistic teams behind the scenes to deliver tailored support and relieve overwhelmed staff by injecting compassion and humanity into our healthcare system. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Chuck. A big welcome to our podcast today. Excited to be here, Mike. Well, given your passion for revolutionizing healthcare by programming humanity into artificial intelligence, I'm excited to have this important conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, Please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Chuck, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Personas team are building the first digital personality platform that can communicate in almost any language spoken or signed. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Don't settle. Don't settle for status quo. Think a lot outside the box. Think two years down the road. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, the, the ideal here is to let's do something different. Let's always strive for continuous improvement. Honestly, Chuck, I'm trying to get rid of the box. Let's just throw the box away, right? Like, That's right. Exactly. Let's, exactly. Let's toss the box aside. Let's not even have a box anymore. I mean, I think, Chuck, you know, I can't wait for this conversation. I've been waiting for this one for a while. This is going to be an important one, especially kind of the world that I live in workforce and thinking about the shortage of physical labor and what that might look like and all the other things that you guys are building at Personas, you know, we have to start thinking differently. If we continue on the trend that we're on, Chuck, I think you know this as well as I do, healthcare, that industry alone has the potential of bankrupting our nation off one industry. And so is that part of the culture that you have within the Personas team is to, again, throw the box away. We have to think radically. We have to think differently. Is this how you and the team operate on the daily? Oh, absolutely. Our company was founded out of several industry veterans from the gaming space, and we've always been about human engagement, about human experience, about scaling that human experience. And healthcare, as you know, suffers greatly from staff limitations, expense limitations, operational expenses, climbing out of control. We're doing work in the UK. UK's even got, a, would say, a larger challenge in the US when it comes down to that. So how do you scale that patient journey when at the end of the day, every patient has their own unique journey 
and we got to stop thinking about treating entire populations similar. How do we narrow down and help guide that patient through their own healthcare journey? Yeah, it's a lot. And it's, a, you know, we can just start doing that at scale and it's just a mindset shift. And I know you and the team are working that on the daily. I appreciate the tee up on the front end of this podcast of what keeps you guys passionate to continue to build a personas company. We're going to talk about what you guys are building, where things are heading, and all the wonderful things going on inside the personas camp. We're going to unpack that all more after we get back from thinking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Chuck Rinker, CEO of Personas. Chuck, thank you so much for teeing it up on the front end. You know, we talked about that box, the proverbial box of healthcare. Let's get rid of it. Let's toss it aside. Let's continue to think totally differently. We have to flip this industry upside down. Organizations like yours who are pushing the threshold, who are thinking differently. This is what we need in healthcare. Now, of course, Chuck, I can't wait to hear the journey of Personas because you guys did not start in healthcare. I, being a healthcare serial entrepreneur and given my whole career to this industry, I love new entrants into the space. So we'll talk about that journey of how Personas came to be, how and why you guys entered into healthcare. And of course, where you see things heading, not just for our industry, but for your organization as well, and how we can be helping you out along the way. But first, Chuck, give us a little bit of that journey about how Personas came to be and where and why you guys entered the healthcare space. Awesome. I'll have to put it in fast forward because we were founded way back in 1999. Um, we were founded, as I mentioned earlier, from some game developers. And we've always been, our forte and our expertise and our passion has been around human engagement. We always applied that towards a lot of the commercial sectors, retail, banking, financial. We did some scattered healthcare here and there and finally got to the point where we had developed a personality platform, probably the first one to do so. We were developing digital personalities since 2007 when we were engaged with Disney, Disney's Hospital of Celebration Health, and we worked on some digital animated bears to see kids through the MRI and CT scan process. Then we got stuck with the old challenge everybody has, which is, well, that sounds great and wonderful, and there's only a handful of healthcare organizations and companies that can really take that experience to the level from the resource and from scalability and said, well, wait a second. As we were going through that, my wife got diagnosed with breast cancer. Shortly following, I'm talking three months after, I got diagnosed with late stage colon cancer. Then I went through that, finally got a clean bill of skate, only to have my wife's breast cancer come back. So within this like five to six year journey, we were really doing the, what do I want to say without getting too little teary eyed? We were going through that healthcare journey not from what we had done in the past, which is let's work with the big organizations. 
let's take it from the HCP's perspective. Let's take it from the healthcare organization's perspective. And we were tossed. I mean, we were sink or swim thrown into the patient side of it and realized very quickly how hard it is to navigate the complexities in the ecosystem of a healthcare journey from a patient's perspective. Everything from false information, misinformation, not having patient advocacies, going through, I mean, sleepless nights, you know, being a stage 3C colon cancer survivor, just staying up till four in the morning, looking at every clinical trial, looking at everything you could do. And it was genuinely overwhelming. So then we started going, well, wait a second. Or my CTO was a developer on the Madden as well. So we're sitting down going, how come we can engage tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of gamers, whether they're teenage gamers, middle-aged gamers, elderly gamers, social gamers, whatever. I ran the NCAA Madden football franchise. How come we can get these people addicted to game playing? I'm not saying gamify health, but it was less about earning points. It was more about creating that connection, that human connection and getting addicted or getting an emotional bond, a human bond between the players and the games. So we're like, well, why can't we just get people addicted to their own healthcare journey? Why can't we provide, to be blunt, our characters are really just gaming characters that are projected into the real world. Why can't we create an artificial intelligence? If I can teach 52 simulated football team members to act in a coordinated offensive and defensive fashion, that's pretty complex. Answering basic questions, guiding someone through a patient journey is something we should be doing a better job at and something that right now we're relying so heavily on a staff of HCPs, practitioners, nurses, volunteers, whoever we can to try to provide that personalized support as a patient goes through their journey. So we took our personality platform and we wrapped it into what we call iHealth Assist, healthcare assistance. So what do we need to do? We need to help people get through hospitals. We need to give them vetted information. We need to just be a companion there. We need to not sit there and tell the patients that now you've got to learn about all these great AI tools and digital databases and knowledge bases and read JAMA articles and read this clinical trial and understand all this medical terminology that us as HCPs have developed over the years. And let's give a tool where we're teaching the technology to communicate with the patient at a human level and not trying to add to the burden on the patient to be now not only a suffering patient going through his journey, but to be a technologist in the same fashion. So what we're doing now since 2013, we're trying to solve those simple problems that are just relieving a patient's journey and trying to be that human engagement element that needs to happen to scale personalized healthcare to the scale we need it because we cannot scale our system as it sits today by just throwing more bodies and more money at it. That's not going to solve the problem. Well, a few things there, Chuck, first and foremost, thank you for sharing that very personal and powerful story about you and your wife. I mean, that's exactly, you know, I hear that time and again on this podcast is that a lot of entrepreneurs come into the space because they dealt with healthcare in a personal way, whether it be themselves or loved ones and friends or family, right? And so sharing that journey that you experienced with you and your wife is a powerful one. And Chuck, you know, you also mentioned that we aren't going to be able to solve it by throwing bodies at this issue in regards to personalized healthcare and that journey for the patients, the consumers that are touching the healthcare industry. But I would like to actually flip that on its head and say, Chuck, we actually don't have enough bodies to throw at it. <laughs> this is fair we statement. do not have enough people to work in this industry. We are at a major shortfall 
and it's only going to continue to get even worse, right? So there's that, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But Chuck, let's go back to that. You know, you mentioned that you and your wife personally experienced the deficiencies of this industry being thrown into it headlong with your diagnoses. And then you started thinking about your expertise as an organization and applying it to healthcare. You and your wife were an N of one and an N of two. Yes, that's important. Yes, you obviously saw the needs. But did you and the team go into the healthcare industry and talk to other experts before launching into it? And what did you find? Did people look at you and persona says, you know, a little bit with a deer in headlights, like, what are you talking about? We don't need this. And the reason why I ask this, Chuck, healthcare is riddled with what I like to call status quo. We're going to do the same thing over and over again and expect different (laughs) results, right? So how are those early journey in test driving what you guys are experts at and applying it to healthcare? What was that response? That's a great question, Mike. And I'm preaching to the choir, my friend. You're obviously um, much more well-versed in that vertical than I am. We actually had some experience in the pharmaceutical space and in particular with some clinical trial work. So we had a tertiary exposure with some projects we'd done with UNC Healthcare and such and worked with some larger pharmaceuticals and some of the clinical trial pieces. So we really had at least an introduction. So we were lucky where we were able to get introductions from other professionals that had more domain expertise than we did. As we started opening up, some of those early responses, you said status quo, and to defend the HCPs of the world, because I got a lot of them in my family as well, a lot of it is that's just almost an insurmountable challenge on their part. You know, the, the burden that they're asked to bear is tremendous, especially for your frontline workers. So it was less about, hey, we don't want to change the status quo. It's like, hey, we got to follow protocol. There's a lot of proof points that have to happen within our healthcare system, of course. And it's just the way the ecosystem works that it's not even a active resistance to change, but it's a, I've got so many other things to think about. I've got so much other responsibility or so much other burden that comes first. If it's an afterthought, you never get to that afterthought. So to me, when we started coming out, what we've learned through some collaborations with Gardner and some other companies is that we really need to find those proof of concepts, those launch customers, those innovative organizations that maybe have a chief innovation officer or a patient experience team that has enough, I'll call it a vision. I don't want to downplay those that haven't thought this way, but really think not, what do I need to do to improve my workflow today? It's, wait a second, we need a digital transformation. We need a transformation of healthcare at a larger scale. So who are the pioneers and the innovators within the healthcare sector that can see where healthcare, where the patient experience is going to be, where patient engagement is going to be in two to five years, not what I need to do today. So that's a hard bridge to get over is what are my operational inefficiencies today versus, okay, what's healthcare going to look like in two to five years? And that's the jump that we're really struggling to find those organizations that are willing to take that leap of faith and to be able to, and I call it a leap of faith because even after delivering over 200 of these experiences, we still don't have what we call proof points or value props in the business to say, okay, well, you typically talk to a customer and they want to know what's my ROI and you're trying to give them the value and say, well, if you do this, here's a definitive response And so companies that are more risk adverse to change and say, well, until you can prove it, 
you see the dichotomy here that's going on. And that's the challenge we've been facing. So let's go there for a bit, because I think this is going to tee me up for my next question. Anyhow, Chuck, but you set the stage for me. When we start thinking about where we are in healthcare and where things are heading, it's always been the patient listens to Dr. Chuck and whatever Dr. Chuck says, the patient is going to do, right? Those paradigms have and are continuing to change. We are now starting to look at putting the patient in the center of the care journey. So we're hearing terms like patient experience, patient journey. What does that look like and what does that mean for health systems? And especially as we continue to migrate more and more towards value-based care, that is going to become more and more important in that journey in and of itself. But Chuck, go ahead and give us some real-world examples. If I'm a health system executive and I'm serving a seven-figure population in the Southeast, for an example, as that's where you're based, what does it look like for me as a health system to bring in personas and work with my patient population? Give us some real-world examples. How does this look, feel, operate within my health system, and more importantly, with my patients, with my consumers? That's a great question. I'll try to keep it short because we're actually doing some work with some UK-based groups with the NHS out of the UK, and there are slightly different healthcare systems at play, as we all know. And so there's slightly different challenges. Let's pick on the U.S. for a while. With the U.S. healthcare systems, what it typically would work is you'd have to have like an internal champion, someone who really steps up, whether it's a chief innovation officer, the lead of a patient experience team, and says, you know what, Mr. C-suite, Mr. Management, our hospital needs to be different. We know in the U.S., and this is one of the differences, in the U.S., it's more of um, when you talk about value-based care, we have a decision. We can go, when I had my cancer, I was flying to Houston every couple months or month or so to, you know, go to MD Anderson because we had the good fortune of having, you know, good insurance and being able to make those choices. So the patient satisfaction, the patient engagement piece, we as patients have a decision and have a right to get healthcare where we want. So when I'm talking to a healthcare administrator, you have to kind of put it into the terms of, okay, if you want to cut your operational expenses or you want to improve, there's a direct correlation, monetized correlation between patient engagement, patient satisfaction, and the number of patients that are going to go back and give you referrals. Hey, you know what? I went down to this particular healthcare facility and they had this really cool AI avatar. And not only did it increase their patient satisfaction, but our systems list, they listen really well. And so not only can we tell you how many times a patient wanted to go to the phlebotomy lab or how many times they were looking for a chapel or when they looked up menus on the healthcare system, or how much is parking? Or, hey, my kid was admitted for an overnight stay and I'm at Disney World and I don't know where to stay and my flight was supposed to leave. Where's a local hotel? You know, just all these concierge type services. How do you help that patient solve their problems? When you have a patient that gets their problem solved and has a great experience, they're more likely to come back to that facility. You're going to retain them as a patient. You're going to get them in and out of their appointments quicker. If I walk in, hey, how do I get here? I'm running five minutes late. I need to get up to here for an MRI scan. Where do I go? And you can answer those questions without someone wandering your halls and talking to your surgeon population or trying to figure out where to go, or they speak a different language and you don't always have a translator available. There's all these little problems that in and of themselves aren't a huge burden, but when you improve that and you reduce what we call the friction of being a patient, if you create more of a frictionless experience, all these little things unwind to better healthcare, better healthcare for the patient, better pipe patient retention, better patient attraction, better staff efficiencies, better facility efficiencies. You know, you got 
company like MD Anderson, where you got, you know, thousands and thousands of patients a day going through that facility, do the math. You get them in and out not more than 10 or 15 minutes quicker than they would without burdening the facilities or the staff in those facilities operationally. That's a significant improvement. And you do it on a personal basis. It's not, hey, how do you download my mobile app? Where's my mobile phone? I'm going to go here and scan a code. You walk in this personality that represents your organization, whether it's female, non-binary, culturally diverse, speaks 140 languages, can even communicate with deaf members through sign language. That is, I feel represented. I feel welcomed. I feel represented. I feel like someone cares that me as whatever my cultural background and whatever my native tongue or whatever my hearing disability may be, I'm listened to. That's a huge, huge piece of that patient experience and just feeling like you've got someone on your side. Yeah, that's a powerful, powerful way to frame it up, Chuck, because as you know, healthcare is an end of one, right? It's a patient of one, but obviously we're serving millions, but to be able to serve a patient of one at scale, that's the holy grail. And so Chuck, have you seen over, you know, the past number of years in working in this space and the expertise that you and the team have, are you seeing the mindset shift in healthcare? You know, we've seen this time and again of what you just described in other verticals, right? Whether it be banking, whether it be, you know, consumer retail or otherwise, right? We've seen these types of technologies and innovations do very well. I mean, I kind of see these personas when I'm booking flights or hotels around the world, right? It's now like commonplace, right? Are you starting to see the mindset shift in healthcare? I mean, I know it's still, healthcare is a laggard in many ways, but are you and the team sensing that there is a little bit of a paradigm shift occurring? Absolutely. To fly the buzzword that everybody flies, since the emergence of ChatGPT, the whole world seems to have gone AI crazy anyway, although they don't really realize that ChatGPT, in my opinion, and we're getting a little into the philosophy of the technology of AI, to me, it's just a tool. It's just a catalyst. I always tell people when I'm talking to them that, you know, when the stethoscope first came out, there was a certain portion of the physician population that said, oh, stethoscopes, you can't do that. It's not as sensitive as the ear. You're just trying to take away physician jobs. And that's the number one thing we compact. You're just replacing humans. No, we're not. Point blank, we are not trying to replace humans. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to take the repetitive, mundane, low-value engagements that we want to keep a human connection with, but that get taken off of that overstressed staff so that your staff becomes the creative thinkers, becomes the innovators, becomes the caregivers, become that point of contact, become that patient advocate they need to be. So it's not about replacing people. It's about, it's another tool. And that shift people are starting to come around to because they're seeing the value of AI for diagnostics pieces, AI for imaging improvements, AI for, you said, booking flights and a conversational. But I think one thing that people miss is the importance and the power of what in the commercial sector we call brand intimacy. That is, why is Disney the number one brand in the world from a customer satisfaction standpoint? Because Disney has an emotional bond with their customers. That is the kind of power you need to have with your customers so your customers trust you. They're empathetic. They know you're representing them. And that is where you're going to get people to open up. I'll try to make this brief because there's a soapbox I get on too much, but it's really about the concept of digital humans and not trying to replace humans and this concept we call uncanny valley where they go from cool to creepy and all that. But at the end of the day, our characters are intentionally 
developed like they are to be a little more animated, a little more approachable, a little more friendly, less intimidating, more trustworthy. And there's interestingly enough, Mike, there's actually several clinical trials that are proving that adding there's one called, you know, do you want eyes with that? You know, why having an avatar based personality gives the human, the perceiver, an instant improvement in trust. They believe there's a sentient being behind it. When you're talking conversational, like a Siri or an Alexa, it doesn't have the same trust factor. It doesn't have the same buy-in. It doesn't have that same bond. But if you go too photorealistic, then I call it the horror story, where you get the over-photorealistic. And we've spent millions of years developing gesture communication. See, you're putting your hand on your chin and you're waving your head up and down. You're communicating with me right now without saying a word. We are very, very sensitive to that gesture-based communication. And when that's not done right, it's the creepy factor. It's the horror movie where your neck turns 20 degrees farther than it's supposed to, and it just creeps people out. And we haven't nailed that yet. So that's the uncanny valley. So creating that trust, approachable, empathetic personality that's tuned into the cultural diversity that we need, the language diversity we need, is really totally underrated. And they're just now starting to appreciate the value that that can bring. So obviously we still have a long way to go within this space, perfecting it, honing it in and ensuring that, you know, maximum value. And like you said, some more of the EQ side, the trust and the empathy can be created between those avatars and the human being or the patients, and the consumer. So let's go there, Chuck. Let's take the crystal ball off the shelf over here. Let's talk a little future state. Where do you see things heading in the next three to five years, not only for the healthcare industry, and in this world, but of course, then specifically where Personas is going to be as well. Where are things heading? Glad you could ask. And it sounds like a little bit of a commercial pitch, but we've got this roadmap of all these, I'll call them iHealth assistants, healthcare assistants, whether they're patient advocacy pieces, whether they're vetted information. So you as a hospital or you as a certain disease state expert could put your expertise in there. And so you're only delivering vetted information. We're looking at improving check-in processes. We're looking at all these more complex solutions. And I think what you're going to see over the next two to five years and beyond is the ability to have the patients have pretty much what you would call my 24-7 patient advocate. Now, that one right now might be a personas that can just help you get to your doctor's appointment quicker or get you in and out of the hospital that much faster, or find a wheelchair if you need wheelchair access as you go into the hospital or where to park so you don't have to walk so far, things like that. But as that expands out and we learn to use this technology and people start trusting it more and more, then I really believe you're going to have the ability to scale that human experience. And you mentioned it many times, it's no secret, everybody in a perfect world would have a one-to-one relationship between your healthcare provider and the patient. And if that means I've got 50 HCPs behind the scenes and all their knowledge is fed into that patient advocate, and you, Mike Baselli, has a patient advocate on your side that you trust, and it looks, talks, acts in a manner that you're comfortable with and you share information with, and all of that information is delivered to you, that is personalized one-to-one healthcare. Yeah, that's a powerful, powerful way to look at the future, which I believe is not too, too far away. You know, I think some of the biggest limitations still today as well, it's not necessarily on the technology side, it is the mindset within healthcare. Yeah, and being able to recognize the power of what this can do for the patient journey for members and consumers that are touching healthcare. So 
Chuck, I appreciate that. We'll put the crystal ball back on the shelf for now. Come back to current state. As I mentioned to you before we started recording, we have an incredible community rallied around this podcast. They'd love to help our guests out. What's one problem, need, or question that you have that our community can be helping you with? Because we're such a different company. We're at the core. We're not a healthcare company, as you know. We're a human AI, gamer geeks, pointy heads, whatever you want to call us. And we do have a passion for what we do, but we're struggling to find those thought leaders in the healthcare space that are willing to, and I'm not going to use the -the out-of-the-box thinking, but are willing to share in the future vision of what healthcare can be, help us with the healthcare, as we mentioned earlier, the healthcare business in general seems to be risk adverse. And they seem to be focused on what do we need to fix today? So to have an organization that would come to the table and say, hey, let's do a proof of concept. Let's do a launch customer. Let's play with this. Let's try it. Let's put down and let's see what you've done for other verticals, other organizations, and let's see if we can apply it here. Those types of proof points, I think if we can get a couple more, we've got a few under our belt, but let's say we can get a couple more where people can extrapolate some of the work we've done in the retail sector or the financial sector and say, okay, here's how it applies to healthcare. If we can get a few more of those, then that's going to make it that much easier to get a few more and a few more. And then as we start getting the proof points, it's almost like, hey, I wish I could run a clinical trial on my avatars against avatar-based healthcare versus non-avatar-based healthcare and see, you know, something like that to really get some thinkers, some visionaries in the healthcare space to share that vision and say, okay, how can we work with personas and create that future vision of what healthcare could be? Well, for those community members that are interested in having that conversation, how do they get a hold of you and the team, Chuck, social media handles, contact points, websites? How do they get a hold of you? The easy thing, since this is healthcare related, would be the website's iHealthAssist, the letter I, Interactive Healthcare Assistance, iHealthAssist.com. I love, and I'm going to ask politely, I love to communicate through LinkedIn. I've found a lot of good professional networking. And here's where the politeness comes in. Please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. As you'll see me under Charles Rinker, LinkedIn personas. I think it's linkedin.com slash charles-rinker, but you'll find me. But please don't call me with a sales pitch. (laughs) I get too many of those. Don't call me and tell me how you can give me my ERC credits back this month. But if you're truly a chief innovation officer, a patient experience manager, a director of facilities, a C-suite that wants to transform your organization, and you say, you know what, this sounds really cool, and we want to be that thought leader in the space. We want to participate in the future of patient engagement. Then reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, and that's where I'll typically get most of my correspondence. Easy enough for that, Chuck. Appreciate it. So for our community, go and scroll on down in your favorite podcast player to find those contact points for Chuck and the team. Or you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for Chuck's episode and we'll include all of those contact points online again over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Chuck, this has been a very exciting conversation. I knew we were going to have a lot of fun today. And as we wind things down, I have one more piece for you. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because technology needs to serve a bigger purpose. Oh, I love that. Absolutely, Chuck. And that is spot on. And this is where we're at right now in healthcare. It definitely needs to serve a bigger purpose. Healthcare is a very personal thing to all of us, whether it touches us directly or indirectly. So I could not agree with you more. So thank you for that, Chuck. And of course, thank you again for spending time with us today. A pleasure having you on the podcast. Can't wait for our community to get involved in you and all the wonderful things happening in the Personas camp. But for now, thanks again for being with us today. I appreciate all your time, Mike. 
Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode. 